0: In this, the third and final part of our conversation with Pam Parrish, we talk about Pam's books and how she got started writing them. So, Pam, as uh, Kayla mentioned, you've written at least one book, and I know you've written two more. Would you like to talk about those a little bit?
1: Yeah, so the three books are, they're really just devotionals for foster and adoptive families or, or especially the gift is really could be used by anybody in the foster um, care arena, if you're a a case manager or work for an adoption agency. But it it really came out of my own story. I honestly never set out to write books. It was never, I never in high school said I want to be an author. It, It never happened. But Way back in like 2012, I was on the phone with a case manager who was just really having a hard time dealing with some disruptions that she had had in Christian families, families who had said, we're going to adopt this kid. And then less than three months later, they're saying, you've got to come get him or her because we can't do this anymore. And her heart was broken. And she said this profound statement to me. And she said, "I, I understand how hard it is. But, what breaks my heart is that these people love Jesus. and i I don't know what this kid walks away with of his image of Jesus, mm. Mm. yeah and and it breaks my heart because I don't want these kids getting hurt and and not understanding that Jesus loves them because a I, I, family was well intentioned but couldn't love them in the yeah. right way, yeah. And so, I went to bed that night and I was like, Lord, if there's anything I can do, just let me know. Cause I, I mean it was breaking my heart too, because I had never really thought about it in that perspective. That what we do as Christians when we step into this kid's life and we promise them we're gonna adopt you, that this is gonna be forever. And we love Jesus and we love you. And then three months later, yeah, it's hard. I mean we've we've hit the we've hit the mud and it's it's hard and we can't do it and we give up. Um, what does that kid walk away with,
2: yeah.
1: um, uh, of their idea of the Lord five o'clock the next morning, the Lord woke me up and gave me all 30 days of ready or not, which is the first devotional. I literally wrote it down on a scrap of paper, all of the topics and the scriptures, wow.
2: um,
1: in, in like 30 minutes, it was, it was just boom, 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 boom. And two weeks later I was, uh, I was at an orphanage. I wrote all of the, um, devotions. I came back and I put them on my blog. And um, I, I I never intended to publish a book, but through a, through a series of events, I ended up being at a meeting with an organization in Georgia called Promise 686, and they were starting a foster care initiative called 111. And they needed two things. Um, and that's the whole purpose of the meeting. They needed someone who could teach the impact training and a spiritual component to go along with it. And I happened to have both because I was I was certified by the state to teach. Wow! And they took a look at it. It ended up getting into the hands of Andy and Sandra Stanley at North Point Ministries, who are also foster parents. And they are the ones that encouraged me to make it a book. And really, North Point, um, the the quest, the group questions at the end of each devotional. Yeah. Um, their group curriculum office wrote that for oh, me wow. in that first book. So that's kind of how I got started with the books. So Ready or Not, the first one is for, because of that, that conversation with that case manager, Ready or Not is specifically from the heart of God about considering what it means to step into these kids' stories before you do it. Or even after you've done it, going back and really reminding yourself what the word says and evaluating because every one of us as believers is called to the orphan. And the fatherless, every one of us, but not all of us have to move them into our home. Right. We can answer yeah. the call in other ways. Right. And and we need to, rather than just being moved by a great message on a Sunday morning for the fatherless and jumping right in, we need to carefully consider yeah. what, what this means from a spiritual perspective. So that's ready or not. Um, the second one is battle weary parents. And that one was I love literally.
3: That title. <laughs> <laughs> it should be parenthetically. That's all of you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, I um, that was written because I was battle weary, and and I I was having those days with um, so many of my kids in crisis at the same time that. I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it another another day. Literally, the Lord had me walk through every day of that devotional. And I remember asking him, can this just be 10 days? Can it just be 15 <laughs> days? Um, because it was so hard. And um, it was really God just dealing with my heart on what it looks like to stick with it when it's so hard that you don't know, that you really just want to pull the covers up over your head in the morning and not even get up. Because you just don't know if you can face it another day. Yeah. Um, and and then the gift, which is the one that released in May, um, it's really a study through James chapter one. It occurred to me a few years ago that our banner verse for foster care and adoption is um, pure and undefiled religion before God, our father, is ministry to the widow and the orphan in their distress. And that's James 127. But that's the last verse in that chapter. And if you rewind all the way back up to verse two and read verses two through 26, you'll realize that what it takes to do pure and undefiled religion before God our Father is outlined in those 26 verses. And that's the gift that God has given us when he calls us into this journey. He's giving us a gift of refinement. And it's not the refinement of our children. It's our refinement as his children. And... um so, I wrote the gift to kind of help people understand that there is something in this for us. Um, and it's and, and it might look like fire, but it's fire that's burning away the chaff of our life and making us more into the image of Christ.
2: Well, I have been so blessed by reading the gift this summer, just with a group of moms. We have just gathered at another um at one of the moms at her house. She's just opened it up to us, and we've had, just different moms, you know, as the summer schedule, we've had different moms. And every week, we are just so blessed by just just the words that you have in there. The questions are very thought-provoking and make us just dive into deeper relationship with each other. And, um, and just reading through it has been so, so good. And I've read your other two as well, and they're fabulous. Um, and I try and get the ready or not. The first one, I always try and get... Um, into the hands when I know there's a family that's thinking about adoption or foster care because uh, disruption is one of those things that, that breaks my heart Mm. and it makes me so sad. And I know nobody goes into this journey thinking this is going to be so hard that I'm going to quit. Nobody, but I know that if they just had a few more questions asked of them, if they had a few more things told to them about this journey, if they had just the encouragement that, you know, so many people think, oh, my gosh, I must be a bad parent because how can I not love this kid? Mm. Um, and so I think if they just realize that they're not alone, that they mm-hmm. could maybe even just keep going another day. And so um, I just I I love those because they're just such good questions and such good insight. Um, and they're really um, not overwhelming as a mom, you know. Oftentimes, devotional books can get a little overwhelming, or um, or they're not enough. They're just such a tiny little bite size. So I think they're just just the right size that I've just really um, enjoyed being able to just dive into um, scripture and the questions that you ask. So thank you for oh, thank those you. books. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for reading them. Yeah.
0: Hey, one of the things I found fascinating about the gift. Well I, I guess all the devotionals is that they're not intended for just one person to go through. and they're not necessarily intended as a quote unquote couples devotional either, but they are designed for you to go through with someone else because we know we've got you know single parents who are doing the adoption and foster care journey, and they need somebody else, mm-hmm. a support person to be that to you know walk alongside them. And I like how it's structured in that vein. And it doesn't matter if mm-hmm. you know, you're know you two parents or a single parent with someone else helping you, everyone's going to benefit from it.
1: Right. Well, I think it's especially important for single parents to think about that because um, you can't do this alone. You first of all need Jesus in every minute of every day of it. And second of all, you need someone who, who gets what you're doing, who understands it. Yeah. because they they've they've researched they've and they they become your advocate your advocate for when you're tired and you need a meal your advocate when you need some prayer cover because we all need that sometimes like I, hey I'm in the midst of it with my kids right now I need some prayer cover and um, you need somebody else who really who really gets this with you so going through it with another person, especially as a single parent um,
2: is critical yeah. Absolutely.
3: You know, um I heard something recently. Um I was at a conference and the guy spoke, he said research has shown um conclusively that when it comes to looking at ourselves, human beings are delusional. And that's why it's so important not just for for all of those those things that you guys are just talking about, but like I like I will generally either think more highly of myself than is real or I will not be willing to look at the hard stuff that needs to change, right? So um, Mm -hmm. we were talking about this yesterday with a friend of mine who um, he and I have been friends for about 20 years. He's also the person who gets credit for introducing uh, Kayla and I to each other. And so we were at somebody's birthday party last night uh, because my kids are all in New Mexico with uh, Kayla's parents, so we get to go to like adult birthday parties on a Thursday night because of that. Um, And so... (laughs) And so we were talking about that and, and we started talking about our relationship over the years and kind of as we were just kind of unpacking that a little bit, the thing that he and I both agreed was was the thing that was kind of the most valuable thing that had come out of the last 20 years is both of us feel the freedom to speak bluntly, for lack of a better term, into the other person's life. And, mm-hmm. when we've, and, and the relationship that, that we've had, that if I would go to him and seek counsel as I have before and told him what was going on and told him what I was going to do, I remember one time he said to me, I would not do any of that. And and I just listened because he'd gone through so many hard things with us and just done life together for 20 years. And the great thing about that relationship is he and I don't see each other all the time. It's, it's not like we're constantly um, with each other, but because there is so much traction on the road, and I think that everybody needs that, right? You need at least one person in your universe and you need more people in your universe Who will feel like there's enough relationship there that they can deal with the hard stuff with you. Right.
1: Right. It's like the example Kayla gave out of the gift where my husband said, you need a redo. Yeah. Um, I was totally in the wrong. I I wasn't, I wasn't 100% in the wrong, but I handled it 100% wrong and, and caused a bigger issue. And for him to have that freedom to look at me and say, you need a redo, you need to go back and repair this with our daughter, because you handled it wrong. That was something I needed to see. And I, w- I, I honestly, I would have been delusional. And I would not have seen it in myself.
2: Yeah, because yes. in the moment, it's hard to, to actually see. I mean, sometimes we walk away and we go, Ooh, I, that was really bad. But sometimes we feel justified because of the way the other person behaved. Until mm-hmm. somebody says, no, just because they weren't behaving properly doesn't mean you get to behave improperly. You know, right? You don't. You don't get to be feel justified because they yelled at you that you were able to yell back or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. But yeah, we I mean Ryan and I've always had this kind of uh, we we've had code words over the years where if we're in an, an some kind of a disagreement with one of our kids or we're we're in a situation where things are starting to get ramped up. We would um, say a code word. Um, Most recently, our code word has been, uh, I think you need to go get some pineapples. Mm -hmm. Um, And that way we can kind of almost check out of the situation without confronting the other one in front of the kids, right? So we can kind of say... Hey, uh, do you need to go get some pineapples? Now, of course, one of our teenagers has figured that out and just makes him laugh. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think just having that relationship that you're able to have someone speak into your life and say, um, you know, you you need to take a little a little breather and come back to the situation because you're not responding correctly is good. And I and like you said, for single parents, finding that person that you can. Um, that can come alongside you on that journey and that's going to support you and not say, you know, this is, it's probably too hard. Maybe you shouldn't have done this. It seems like it's Mm -hmm. really, you know, getting you down and, and maybe, you know, maybe this wasn't what, what God was telling you to do after all.
3: Well, the, the single parent um, idea is, is really important, right? Because you know, um, Pam, you said that when you guys first came to adoption and foster care, um, it was a lot international adoption, which which it was here for us too. And it was, you know, the primary, like everywhere when we came to this thing, the the number one, if you like, kind of create like a profile of who's adopting, it was um, people who were adopting internationally for reasons of infertility was kind of the common thread that was weaving. But over the years, um, in terms of people who, you know, have come to the ministry for help and for, um, for, for parent interventions at, and stuff like that, there has been a growing trend towards single foster parents over the years, and I remember a couple of years ago um, we had um, we had an event that was only for single parents, and so on the registration for the event uh, on the registration form we asked you know we we're going to do a Q and A uh, at the end of the time, but if you could just submit some questions in advance so we could kind of go through them um, that would be helpful, and we got those questions and. I was surprised, well, it was a lesson for me because none of the questions were about about anything that I thought was going to be questions like, well, how do you you recommend I go to the grocery store after I get home from working all day? Because i got nobody to tag out with. How do you deal with the situation? Because I have nobody who can help me in that situation. This is of course, predates just, you know, opening up your Amazon and having them ship food to, right. bring food to your door in cool little silver bags. <laughs> so, I mean, so there are just a lot of things that I, that I think, whether you're single or married or, you know, that can be solved by having a dispassionate person who is able to look at the, the situation a little more objectively than you can uh, somehow. You know, Kayla, here's an example. It's a completely unrelated um Kayla has a friend who is a single woman and, um, she had an issue and she actually called Kayla about it last night and just kind of talk it through a little bit and let her know about it. And I thought, you know, there that was, that's some wisdom there because you realize, okay, this, this thing's not, not going the way I wanted it to. Let me seek some outside can- counsel. And I think sometimes, um, I know I do take it for granted that there is somebody who is willing, who can say, Hey, do you need to go to the store and get some pineapples? And sometimes right. I say, you know, I do. And sometimes I'm like, no, we don't need any pineapples. Leave me alone. Trying <laughs> to yell at a child. What are you doing?
1: Well, that was going to be what I said. Is that the the challenge is that you have to give that person permission to speak freely. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: for sure. Because
1: otherwise, if you're going to bite their head off every time they try to speak truth to you, um, they're going to very quickly learn not to speak truth. So you right. have to you have to kind of give that person the freedom to say it harshly. If that's what you need to say, just say the truth and then we can unpack it and and make it pretty as we talk through this, but we just need to get it on the table.
3: Yeah. And I think from a, from an attachment perspective, if you don't have some people in your life who, 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 who have that freedom and know they have that freedom, um, you know, my friend, Chris, who's who who hosts this thing here. um, He's pretty straightforward with me, but you know what? I didn't meet Chris yesterday either. we've, we We've done some life together here over the years, and I think that when you're looking around and you don't have any relationships where people feel like they can can speak um, truth into your life, then you from a pure attachment standpoint, you probably need to consider do you have any healthy relationships in your life? And if the answer to the if the answer is no, then you need to address that because, and, and and we literally don't have time to get into this. But that's like unpacking your history, that's unpacking your present, and and all kinds of stuff to get to that point where you feel like people can have the freedom to speak truth into your life without feeling like there are going to be serious consequences.
2: Absolutely, I think it makes it just makes a world of difference having those people in your life versus feeling like you have to put on a show when you're in front of those people right. and make things look good. You know, I've had parents say, well, I want other people to adopt. So I can't tell them that it's hard mm. because then they might not do it. And I'm like, well, if you don't tell them it's hard, then when they get to the hard, they're going to be like, I want out. It's just me. Yeah. I, I'm the only one that's struggling with this. Cause everybody else around me, everything looks so good and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, I think,
1: you know, I say to parents all the time, along that lines, it's not up to you to protect God's reputation when it comes to what He calls us into. Yes. God's quite capable of protecting His own reputation, and He calls us all into hard. So if it's hard for you, it's supposed to be hard for them, too. Yeah. It'll be what it's supposed to be for them if they're answering God's call.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: When I, when I get a chance to speak to people who are interested in particular in becoming foster parents— um, And Kayla, you know, Kayla has a waiting family group that she leads and, um, she told him if, if you are all considering foster care and adoption and every single one of these families goes ahead and gets licensed, then I probably wasn't honest enough with you about the process. Right. Because like you said earlier, everybody's called to help, but not everybody's called to help by having, by having the kids in your home and, and parent them. So yeah,
2: Absolutely. Yeah, we have a um, a mom that was, she's getting ready to have some kids placed in her home, a kinship placement, and she's like, "I'm terrified." And I said, "Good." Mm. I said, "I think I think that you should be. If you weren't, I would be worried that you didn't properly understand what you're getting into." Right. And I said, but just because you're terrified doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Right.
1: Right. I think, yeah, that- Kayla, you need to write a book, and the title is "Terrified"
2: is a great place to start. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because it. Well, I mean, that's what oh, I well, said. Hold
3: on, let's let's let's, let's, let's write bul- that down. no 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 let's build on a good relationship and negotiate needs here. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you volunteering to uh, have the words "forward" by Pam Parrish on the cover? <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> and we've reached a compromise.
3: I okay. didn't even I didn't even have to <laughs> yes, throw in a sorry, set of I steak go. knives or anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pam, I I could talk to you all day. I love I just love talking to you about just your heart. It's so evident in your devotionals as we're going through and just in having conversations. I told the moms in our group that we were gonna be having you on the podcast and they're like, you got to let me know when that one's out so that I can make sure and listen, you know? I mean, they were so excited because why are they not
0: subscribed already?
2: I know. Right. (laughs) I think some of them are, I think some of them are, but they just said, you know, I just, I think just, it's so evident that your heart is for these vulnerable kids and your heart is for the parents who are parenting them yeah, and just making sure that they are well-equipped and that they understand just the magnitude of what they're stepping into. Um, And once they've stepped into it, that they're like committed, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just, I just love, love what you're doing. And I'm so glad we could have you on the podcast.
1: Well, I I love you guys. Um, You know, I I couldn't be more clear that the work that you guys um, do has had a profound impact on our family um, honestly, these books probably wouldn't exist if it weren't for the work that you guys do. So I owe a great debt of gratitude to you.
3: Thanks, Pam. And it's very kind, Pam. <laughs> Mostly unnecessary, but but very kind.
1: I can be kind when I want to be.
3: <laughs> can you can you can you tell I have I have uh, issues of receiving nice things in words from people? <laughs> <laughs> Try to deflect your compliment. <laughs>
2: <That's hilarious. laughs> Well,
1: thank you guys for having me on. It's been it's been such a fun conversation.
0: Thank you, Pam, for being on. We really appreciate it.
1: Well, I appreciate you guys.
0: And Ryan, Kayla, thank you for being on as well. Awesome. Absolutely, Chris. Fun as always. If you've got any questions for us that, um, and I'm sure you do after listening to this episode, uh, you can email them to us at info at onebighappyhome dot com. We've also got a Facebook group just for podcast listeners. You can search for the Empowered Parent Podcast Community. If you're really concise and you can squeeze your question in 280 characters, feel free to tweet it to us at One Big Happy Home. If you don't subscribe to this podcast, and based upon what I just learned, some of you do not, you can do <laughs> who, so. Who knew? <laughs> That's right. You can do so uh, through iTunes, the Google Play Store, or on Spotify. We're on all three. Just search for the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from our show, we would appreciate a review in any of these locations. The Empowered Parent Podcast is committed to helping parents of foster and adopted kids through connecting, correcting, and empowering principles. Thanks for listening. You can find out more information about Pam and her organization and her books online. Her website is pamparish.com. Connections Homes is at connectionshomes.org. And all three of her books are available on Amazon, and we will have links to those in the show notes.